We're looking at a series on together, and we've just got a few minutes uh, left this morning, so we're not going to spend a long time on that. But we, it's so important to be together in ministry, together serving the Lord. And we've kind of heard from one person this morning, and we think she'll be out on her own, maybe with a couple of other people in southern Thailand. How does that affect me here? And it's true with Kylie, and it's true often with our overseas workers, that we can be part of that ministry. We can be together in ministry with Kylie and with them. And so the key ways, obviously, are, are number one, prayer. Prayer is so important. So you've seen the video, you've met the person. Uh, we need to supply you with information, but keep praying. Finances is another thing. It costs money to fly around the world and to do work and to buy a car or a van to minister and to pay people for their time and where they live. So we can share in ministry together by giving, and that's really important. Scott mentioned that earlier. And uh, obviously mission visits as well. And uh, I think if you'd like to go and visit Southern Thailand, Kylie would be up for that. So uh, do talk to her afterwards and uh, book your flights, and we can all share together in ministry. Actually, I'm going to get you to pray again now because we're sharing together in ministry one of our other overseas workers. If you put the next slide up, uh, Ben, please. We had that slide up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Hannah there is in Zimbabwe for a year working in a school there. And Naomi uh, was out visiting. Uh, Naomi's just gone from Zimbabwe to South Africa. And those are Hannah's parents. So we're praying for her. She's working in a school you probably heard on the news that the situation isn't great in Zimbabwe at the moment. And uh, people are in touch with Hannah. I think still she can still communicate. But actually, just this morning, I had a WhatsApp message from Naomi saying, will you please pray for Zimbabwe and you, will you please pray for Hannah today? So we're going to pray next, and then I'm going to say a couple of things at the end. Uh, obviously, things have been very difficult. Uh, the couple she works with uh, needed uh, petrol for their vehicle, and I don't know how it worked, but Sam said that, that Greg had to queue for 32 hours to get some petrol. They've cut off completely now, so it's really bad. The president um, is over in Russia. So the president is up, has gone to Russia to try and get some money out of them. Uh, we're praying that the food will be there will be needed and the school will be covered. Apparently inflation is so rampant that... Uh, the price of transport's gone up so much that the teachers can't afford to get transport to the school to teach. So some of the teachers haven't come in because more than their daily wage is now the cost of getting a motorbike to the school. So it's, she's safe, uh, but we need to cover her in prayer and pray the whole situation calms down very rapidly. So for a couple of minutes, would you mind just turning in twos or threes and praying for Hannah and praying for Zimbabwe right now. That'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. Do particularly this week uh, think of Hannah and pray for the whole situation to calm down in Zimbabwe and for people to have the food and fuel and safety and resources that they need. So do keep praying. And uh, if you're not in touch with Hannah, there are people here that are, so we can tell you a bit more. Just want to, to round up um, with thoughts on being together in ministry and uh, just mention teamwork. Uh, we just said we could be a team with Kylie and with Hannah through prayer 
and finance. And there's a, a picture of an excellent team uh, there. So just as a kind of a backdrop to teamwork, there's a picture of an excellent team, uh, most of whom are crocs uh, or are abroad. So uh, we'll have a struggle uh, in the near future. But teamwork is so important. I was thinking of a, a team building day I went on. It's donkeys years ago, um, probably about 30 years ago, uh, we had this kind of leaders go away for a, a couple of days and do team building. And I remember one exercise where you had um, a kind of marker. We were outside the conference center on the grass, and there was something that was meant to be a river. And then we had to get our team over the river. And I was chosen to stand one side of the river uh, with a couple of planks on my shoulders. And another guy at similar height was on the other side of the river with planks on his shoulders. And we had to get our team over us. We formed a bridge to get over the river. And the first guy that kind of clambered on my back uh, and started to go was about kind of Sam Corrie-type stature and uh, weight or whatever, like half my weight. Uh, and that was okay. And then the next kind of shortest person on the team was uh, an older lady called Audrey. And uh, she was probably in her mid-50s. So 30 years ago, I thought that's really, really old. Um, but she's kind of the shortest. Maybe she's the lightest. We'll do her next. Well, the ground was a little bit soggy, and they, they were kind of helping Audrey up. And I can still remember to this day the kind of pains in my back as she kind of clambered on my shoulders. And I can feel my feet kind of beginning to sink into the grass a little bit as Audrey kind of sat up here in the, the brush of a tweed skirt going over my head. But she managed to get to the other side, so we got two of our team members and then we looked behind, and her husband was about uh, six foot tall and 15 stone. So I decided that the, the project's team needed to stop there. That was enough. Audrey just about made it, but no one else was going to. Uh, but teamwork is it's not an easy thing, maybe, but it's a really important thing. And we need to connect together as teams and work together as teams. And when teams are working together really, really well, that's a fantastic thing. Uh, and obviously, if teams are going badly, that's uh, a really sad and dangerous thing. Christian teams should be based on love, John 13, 34, 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So it's not just for the team to work well. It's not just for our own sakes. But if we get more of the love of Jesus in our lives and share that with each other, that's the greatest witness to the world. That's the greatest thing to inspire other people to join us in following Jesus. Getting a good team is easier said than done. And I remember I've been at missions at training days and people talking about going overseas and, and ask questions like, what's the most difficult thing going to be? Is it learning the language? Uh, is it uh, getting used to a new culture? Is it the food you're going to eat? And experienced missionaries said, we want to tell you this, the most difficult thing is usually the team you're working with, the other people you've got to get along with and work with. It's the most difficult thing. It's the most wonderful thing, but also the most difficult thing. And we want to... Uh, work together as a local church in ministry. We want to extend our team life and our prayers and our finances and our love and our care and our visits out to overseas workers as well. And we want to know what it is to be controlled by the love of Jesus 
and to work well as team. Let's just read through a short passage and then I'll, I'll wrap up. 1 Corinthians 12. We could probably read this together, can't we? So, together, just as a body, though one, as he wanted them to be. Let's stop there. And one thing I notice from that is the danger of self-exclusion. The danger of self-exclusion. Because I'm not an I, I do not belong to the body. We shouldn't say that. It's not the reason for stopping being part of the body. That's maybe a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of low self-esteem. I'm not good enough. I've got no gifts. I can't serve God. I'm going to stop being part of the body. I don't really count. And we want to say today on the basis of this verse what it says at the end. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So don't self-exclude. Don't do yourself down. Don't say, I don't make much of a contribution. Don't say, I'm not an upfront person. Don't say, I've got no gifts from God. Everyone is valuable and part of the body, and everyone counts. Let's read the next few verses together. If And that's the other side of the coin. And the, the, the early verses were saying, I don't need you. And Paul says, don't say that. So the first passage said, don't self-exclude. Don't say, I'm not an I, so I can't be part of the body. Don't self-exclude. And the second half of the passage says, don't be someone that's full of pride or superiority or independence. Say, I'm, I'm gifted. I can do it. I don't need other parts of the body. Don't self-exclude and don't exclude others. And it says again that God has put the body together. And if we are treating people in the wrong way, if we're prioritizing certain people, if we're valuing a certain type of gift, then that's wrong. And in God's economy, he looks at the people that, that are not at the front, that are not uh, superstars, but all the people that are serving humbly. God's placed them in the body. They're precious to him. And we mustn't exclude them. And God wants us to stand in unity as his body. And if one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is honored, we all can share in that honor. I think of two people uh, just this month. One is uh, a lady who's going to another church now, but she was here for a number of years, Fiona Churcher. And she wants us to stand with her in prayer. She's just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So we want to stand with her in prayer. If one part suffers, we all suffer. If you know her or you think of her name, do pray for her. If one part's honored, there's a guy, part of the church, he's not here this morning, Steve, unemployed for seven months. He got a job. He's in his first month uh, in the job, just started a couple of weeks ago. We can rejoice with those that rejoice and uh, joy in the way that people are honored. So let's be that body. Let's not exclude ourselves. Let's not exclude someone else. Let's rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn and weep and stand alongside those who mourn. And let's stand together as a united body that Jesus has called together and that God has put together. And I was thinking, um, how can we function as a body? And a number of things came to me, but I'm just going to land on one and then we're going to finish in less than five minutes' time. So if you could put the next slide up, please. Ben? And sometimes uh, in the body, there are 
lots of different things to do, and there are people that are gifted and skilled at doing different things. Uh, we have an amazing worship band, and uh, led by Ruth this morning, but the band playing together so well, and Ruth's voice and her skill. The two qualifications for, for leading uh, worship in the Old Testament were skill and anointing. So the ability to sing and play well and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it. And that was coming through Ruth and the band today. It's not my skill. My voice has been, uh, my friend called my voice like a bullfrog with laryngitis <laughs> once. So there are different parts to play in the body and we want you all to play your part. But there are some things that we can all do together. And the one I want to, to land on now and finish with is prayer. We can all pray, we all should pray, and I think God is emphasizing at the start of this year the importance of prayer, it's putting God first, it's looking to him. And if we embrace this, we can see wonderful things happen for his kingdom. We need to learn to pray. As a leadership team, there's, there's lots of things to discuss, uh, and the meetings, we just meet about 10 times a year for a couple of hours. The time goes very quickly, and there's not enough time to pray. And so in our wisdom, uh, we said, well, let's set aside some time to pray. And I, I thought they'd kind of pick a Thursday evening sometime in January. And they picked last Sunday lunchtime. So I had to bow to the wisdom of the leadership team. And after church, we put everything away, got to hear for good about half one. We think, oh, no, now we're going to pray. But it was really good and really significant to pray together. Uh, maybe it was a bad time on my clock, but it was a really good time for some of us to be together in prayer at Here for Good. And I think it was really, really significant. And then and the meeting ended, and I looked at my phone. I had a WhatsApp message from Nigeria had arrived during that prayer time. And some of you know, if you were around a long time ago, a couple, a Nigerian couple called Micah and Jumai. Uh, they're in northern Nigeria. They were here for a while. And he'd sent me this message full of quotes about prayer from northern Nigeria at the one time the leadership team was meeting at lunchtime to pray. And so I thought that was really significant. And he, he had loads of quotes. I'll just read a few of them quickly. Charles Spurgeon, I would rather teach one person to pray than ten people to preach. Someone called Emmy Andros, I don't know. There's no other activity in life so important as that of prayer. Every other activity depends upon prayer for its efficiency. Andrew Murray, we must begin to believe that God, in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. We need to convince it's not an optional extra. It's not a, a thing to tack on to the end it's not just a grace before meals but the power of heaven coming to earth through prayer and then mother Teresa, prayer is not asking prayer is putting oneself in the hands of god at his disposition and listening to his voice in the depth of our hearts there's lots of wonderful things about prayer we just need to remember not to rejoice in them but to pray teach us to pray Jesus' disciples said. A guy called Ian Christensen has preached a couple of times at this church, majors on prayer, uh, and his mantra he shared with us, I'm sure there's truth in it. No prayer, no power, little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power.
Now, it's not just a kind of simple equation. Uh, you press a prayer button, you get the answer. But there's truth in that. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Some things happen quickly. Some things we need loads of persistence and patience and energy. And it's like giving birth, like nine months of growing something and then finally it comes a lot of perseverance in some situations quick answers in others but prayer will make a difference and prayer is absolutely crucial and if we're going to minister together if we're all praying that counts for so so much do you want to share one little story is frida here today i don't think she is uh, i think i got it right i was at uh, the house group she's in a couple of weeks ago and she's got a daughter called patience and uh, Patience was doing some work as a waitress, and she'd served this family, a couple or whatever, and they'd done a runner. They'd left the restaurant without paying, and the meal was 40 quid. And her manager said to this girl, Patience, uh, you should have kept an eye on them. You've got to pay out of your wages the 40 quid. And she, she's waiting because she needs the money. She really needs it. So she's really upset that the manager took that view and that she was going to lose the money. Uh, and she rang her mum in a break and told her the situation. So Frida got together with another woman who comes to this church, Jane, Jane Hoyle, and they prayed for patience. And then Frida got a message at the end of the evening. Uh, another family had come in, and partway through the meal, the, one of the family said, you're just serving us so well, I just want to give you this, and gave her a £20 note. Thought, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of half the money I lost. At the end of the meal, as they were leaving the restaurant, they said, you really have been such a wonderful waitress to us tonight. We want to give you another 20 pounds. <laughs> and so she got the 40 pounds in her hand given to her at the end of the meal. And her mum and a friend had just prayed for something to happen. Some things happen fast. Some things take long, long, long time to come to birth. But there's real power in prayer and we'll work together as a body if we pray together. Pete Gregg is Christian leader and a pioneer of 24-7 prayer movement and I was at a training session with him and he said this and it kind of struck me and I'll finish with this. He said don't contract your prayer life out to godly older ladies. Don't contract your prayer life out to godly older ladies. You may think, well, older ladies, they're really spiritual. They're not at work. They've got no social life. They don't get out much. They're really spiritual. They could do all the praying. So, yeah, let's be a body and divide up the responsibilities. Godly older ladies, you do all the praying, and I'll kind of do my stuff. But Pete Gregg said, don't contract out your prayer life to godly older ladies. They'll get on praying anyway. But we're all in this together. We all need to take the opportunity and privilege to pray. And if we pray together, then we'll see more of God's kingdom come and more of his will get done in England, in Thailand, and all over the show. Thank you.